Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ASU in, GCU in, four Pac-12 schools in, U of A a two-seed, UCLA a two-seed. The brackets are out. There's a lot to talk about, especially since what we believe to be, and I haven't seen anybody who said otherwise, first time in the history of the state of Arizona that three Arizona schools have gotten into the NCAA tournament. And joining us right now from FS1, Pac-12 Network, their college basketball analyst, friend of the show, Casey Jacobson, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line to talk a little tournament. Casey, how are you doing today, man? Hey guys, I'm doing great, man. I, I love March Madness so much. I love the month of March. Uh, my birthday's coming up, and I always enjoy it. Uh, you know, right around the second round of the tournament. Um, it's one of the best sporting events that this world has to offer. It's so unpredictable, and I love it every year. I just what? wish my alma mater, Stanford, were participating in it more often than they are. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been the same since Mike Montgomery left. What's the furthest you went in the NCAA tournament? I forgot. Um, the Elite Eight in 2001, we lost to Maryland. Um, that Maryland team had Juan Dixon and Steve Blake and Lonnie oh. Baxter, Ooh, really good team, good coached team. by Gary Williams, and uh, we, we lost that year as a number one seed out west. So yeah. al- almost got to a Final Four, but not quite. All right, let's talk about your impressions from ASU. Based off of what you saw and what you knew, what was your threat level going into Sunday's selection show as to whether they made it? Were you surprised that they did, not surprised that they made the play-in? What are your thoughts about ASU and where they landed in this case? Yeah, obviously, I've, I've been uh, covering ASU all year, called many of their games. And, you know, with my work at Fox, our bracketologist, his name is Mike DeCorsi, and I was asking him all the time about Arizona State and the Pac-12 in general. And for the last two and a half weeks of the season, he was he kept telling me, Arizona State is the bubble. Like, if I had to, he's like, if I had to say two teams that define the bubble, it would be the Wisconsin Badgers out of the Big Ten and Arizona State out of the Pac-12. He's like, just watch those two teams and how they finished the year. And that was, he told me that before the, um, the half court shot in Tucson. So when that went in, I, I just said to myself, that's got to change everything. I mean, it's, it's got to put them on the right side. So I was not surprised at all that Arizona state got in. Um, but yeah, man, I was sweating it for them. Um, the last two weeks of, of this season. All right, let's. Uh, they got the win against USC too in the Pac-12 tour. They almost lost to Oregon State, but then they yeah. they they almost <laughs> lost. To, and Oregon State's terrible. Their only road win this year is against Cal. But <laughs> they, after that, they got the win against USC, and then obviously lost by 19 to Arizona. Let me ask you about their opponent, ASU mm-hmm. and Nevada. And this is a team that in Nevada that two of ASU's former players were there last year: Des Cambridge and Warren Warren Washington. To just just initial thoughts on this game. Is this a very evenly matched basketball game? It is. I've covered Nevada as well. Um, Fox has a, a contract with the Mountain West. And, um, yeah, I, I've, I've gotten to know Steve Alford um, even more so now that he's co- coaching there than I did when he was coaching at UCLA. So Nevada team is good. They're balanced. They're, here's the thing. They're, they're not great, though. They're not an elite athletic team, um, but they're good. They're good on both ends of the floor. They have size. You mentioned the, the, the players that are now in Arizona State uniforms that spent two years, both Des Cambridge and Warren Washington. That's going to be super interesting. I can only imagine those guys and, and how personal this game would be for them. Um, and then here's the other thing. So uh, Nevada's leading scorer is Jared Lucas. Jared Lucas 
spent uh, the first four years of his career at Oregon State. So everybody in an Arizona State uniform pretty much already knows Jared Lucas's game. They don't need to read a scouting report. They don't need to watch film to know exactly what Jordan Lucas wants to do and how he gets his points. However, I will say this, watching Jared Lucas this year, and I talked to Steve Alford about it. He's like, he has gotten better. You, you think that a, you know, a fifth-year senior, you can't teach him new tricks. But he's like, Jared Lucas has gotten so much better at putting the ball on the floor and being able to make tough shots from the mid-range. And there was a game that I watched, I remember, at San Diego State. Nevada beat San Diego State in Reno. And Jared Lucas had, I think, 26 points in that game. But eight field goals were from two. He got to the rim, reverse layups, turnaround jumpers. I mean, he was doing stuff. At that, that I hadn't really seen on a consistent level at Oregon State. So just like Arizona State has to lock in on Jared Lucas. And then the other thing I'll, I'll mention, uh, and then we can go anywhere you want with this, is uh, Nevada is a point guard. His name is Keenan Blackshear. He is not a natural point guard. He made that transition about halfway through the year last season. He's a 6'6", 215-pound wing that, it, that Steve Alford asked to play point guard because their starting point guard got injured before this year even started. So Keenan is is kind of a big body, weird matchup. And I wonder who Bobby Hurley is going to put on him. Is it going to be Des Cambridge or maybe even Devin Cambridge is going to guard the point guard? I, I, I wait to see on that. One. All right. Casey Jacobson from FS1 and the Pac-12 Network, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Before we move on and ask you about Arizona and their chances in this tournament, 30 seconds in the Casey Jacobson bracket, who do you have winning between ASU and Nevada? Oh, ASU should and will win that game okay. if they're locked in on defense. Okay. I mean, I, I, yeah, they, they just got to take out Jared Lucas has got to be under his average. And then Will Baker, just the Will Baker's their seven foot center. He can't go off either. But if they, if they just do their job defensively, it's going to be a win for Arizona State. All right. Let's talk U of A. The, the, it was a thrilling finale against UCLA. It wasn't a great game. Both teams struggled offensively, but. You know, down the stretch, Courtney Ramey with the big three and then and, and, and Tiger missing the free throw and then they had a wide open three at the end. Arizona pulls it off back to back Pac-12 championships. They'll play Princeton. Casey, I, I, you know, I love this Arizona team, but I know there's some weaknesses there. They're not a good free throw shooting team. They don't have a lot of depth and defensively they struggle at times. I look at the bracket, though, and I think they got in a pretty good position. I think that there's a lot of favorable matchups for them in, this, in that side of the bracket. I would agree uh, that they should get – I'm getting uh, having them go to the Elite Eight in my bracket in the South. Me too. Um, the, the only thing in Princeton I'll say, they should roll over Princeton. But can I just mention one matchup that I think is just awesome? Princeton has a guy named Tosan Uwoma. He's their best player. He's a 6'8". Yeah, he's their best player. He's a 6'8" forward who actually acts as their point guard as well and the reason i mention it i, I actually call him the azulis tubelis of the ivy league I, I i find that matchup really intriguing um it's the only thing that i'll watch when i watch that game is is um you know can Tosan uh keep up with the julius tubelis if they advance which they should um i think they're going to play missouri and what's what's interesting about missouri is this is a top 10 offense in the country they shoot it well at all three levels uh, Dennis Gates is their first-year head coach. He was a former Pac-10 player, played at Cal. I played against them during my career. Done a really nice job there. They have uh, a shooting guard, Demoni Hodge, 
who's approaching 100 made threes on the year. And then they have a guy, a big man, their best player, his name is Kobe Brown, 6'8", inside-out forward. So, again, Azulis Tubelis will be tested in both rounds one and I believe in round two with players that are unique skill set and are the best players on their respective teams. So, um, and I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I, I, I think Azulis Tubelis is the most fascinating player personally for me to watch. Why? Because he stunk last year in the tournament. Now, he, he got injured, so let's put it into context. But Azulis Tabelis was not good in his couple of games last year in the NCAA tournament. He's been one of the top 10 to 15 players in the country this year, and I think he'll be on a revenge tour this season or this postseason. I can't wait to watch how he performs. Casey Jacobson, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Presumably you have them losing to Bama then in the Elite Eight? Correct. Is that, okay, that's – But, Chase, so you, so you have him beating Missouri. Yeah, he's he, beating Missouri. He's yeah, got U of A in the Elite Eight right. and losing to Alabama in the Elite Eight. Who it, it feels like Casey, we got about a minute left here. Big broad picture here. This feels kind of wide open in, in terms of six, seven, maybe eight teams that are capable of winning it. Do you feel it's that open or do you feel like it's more fine tuned than that? I feel like it's that open for the Final Four, but I always feel like it's not that wide open for national champions. But let me just get uh, with one wide, broad sh- stroke. I-, I do want to mention that I think every one seed is vulnerable in their own unique way. For Alabama, it's that they have this cloud of controversy that's going to follow them. They're now going outside of their SEC bubble, and they're going to have to answer questions about that Jamea Harris murder that happened in January and the questions that they've been dodging all the last month and a half, they're going to have to continue to dodge those questions or answer them uh, on a national stage. I find that interesting. Purdue is a one seed in the East. They're a one-man show. I mean, Zach Eady is the best player in college basketball, but they got two freshmen that they're going to rely on. Um, That's interesting. Houston, their best player, Marcus Sasser, hurt his groin three days ago. I don't know if he's going to be healthy. If he is, like them a lot, but we don't know. And then Kansas. Bill Self is the best college basketball coach that we have in America right now, and he was just in the hospital all last week getting two stints put into his chest, and he's going to coach, but I just don't know if that's going to affect this team, if at all. So I I just find that interesting, and that will make it even more um, just like wild and unpredictable possibly. Who you got cutting down the Nets case? So I got Houston. If Marcus Sasser is healthy, I, there's, Houston's given me no reason to doubt them. They're athletic. Season, they're so. physical. I like Houston going all the way, too. Check, they check all the boxes. They got NBA talent. They got experience. They got a good backcourt, a fantastic coach, and the Final Fours in Houston, which I, I think gives them just an extra chip on the shoulder to get there. Big time. Casey, we appreciate the time and the insight, as always. We always look forward to our conversations with you. Thanks for coming on, especially on short notice. My pleasure, guys. Have a good week. Thanks, Case. Casey Jacobson joining us from FS1, the Pac-12 Network. They're college basketball analysts. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line.